Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse's out. Matt Arnold's filling in. Matt, welcome to our show again for filling in, brother. Oh, thank you uh, for asking me, Terry. You know, I, I got to tell you something. Tell me. Um, I, I have a tendency to uh, listen to these programs on the app, and <laughs> I just I watched that video package at the beginning. That's impressive. Yeah, it is. But if you haven't seen it, go to go to Rumble <laughs> and, and look up any you know recent Terry and Jesse show. Check that out. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it, uh, and we're we're doing fine. And thanks for filling in. Jess will be back tomorrow uh, through the internet. He's on the East Coast doing a, a mission. Uh, today's topic is going to be powerful: the hidden power of forgiveness, mm-hmm. and why forgiveness is essential regarding being a follower of Christ. Uh, his example and other of the saints' examples. We'll get into all of that. But I, before we get into the good news. Of the gospel for today, Matt. I just want to give a a good news story for us Californians. I know many people are listening outside the state of California, and I get this all the time. How do you and Matt stay in California? It's 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 like Sodom and Gomorrah. I said, well, that's a fact. I would agree with that. But you know, someone's got to fight the fight here, and Mm -hmm. at this point, it's us. So we're going to stay. But here's the good news story: California court rules in favor of Christian Baker in same-sex union case. Jesse, uh, Matt, I called you Jesse, I'm sorry. <laughs> Matt, I've been, I was following this back in August of 2017. We talked about it on the air. I thought, oh, gosh, in California, they probably are not going to get very far with defending their position that they can tell a person, you know, we're not going to make a cake for a homosexual marriage. That's no marriage. That's against our beliefs. Go somewhere else and do it. Someone else will do it, but not us. And then, in fact, they went all the way to the Supreme Court, and uh, they voted in favor that says, yes, we have rights. Did, did that surprise you, Matt? It did. I, I, have, to, I have to say, you know, I mean, because uh, California is not known for uh, its rational judicial decisions. Yeah, rational. It, was, it was nice to see one. Yes. Because, yeah, precisely, not, and not only did this lady, she didn't just say, you know, I, I have the right to refuse service to any, every, anyone, you know, go someplace else. She actually had a recommendation, say, go here. Exactly. These people do a good job, and they'll be happy to accommodate you. So it's pretty clear that those people were intended to be contentious, that they went there uh, precisely to, to, you know, gin up this controversy. Absolutely. And then I have some more good news, and I think, Matt, (laughs) you and I— Just nice that there's a judge that could see it. Yeah, well, you know, (laughs) here's the the situation we're living in right now. It's almost like, is this microphone on— where we're willing in our culture to kill unborn babies and call that good? Mm-hmm. Where in what society has it ever been where you kill your future generations off and saying this is a good thing? I just don't. I mean, oh. that's how bad it is. Yeah, certainly no civilization that ever lasted very long. That's for sure. Huh. Here's some more good news. Archbishop Chapu, who was friends of the show and friends with us for 30 years, retired Archbishop of Philadelphia. Uh, he called out um, Mr. Biden, President Biden, and saying that you are not in communion with the Catholic faith. And the archbishop said, any priest who now provides communion to the president participates in this hypocrisy. He also said that this was speaking at a Eucharistic symposium in the Diocese of Arlington, October 22nd. He accused the president of the United States. Are you ready for this? apostasy on the abortion issue. Now, I don't hear that word very often, Matt. No, no, but he's, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's right in the sense that uh, he has completely rejected the church's teaching here. It's not, not, you know, some single point. This is so basic. You know, this is one of the Ten Commandments to say, well, I'm just not going to follow that. 
Yeah. You know, is and apostasy is the right word. And, you know, it, it's it's important too. I think something that we, especially as Americans, maybe don't really see is that what our Lord said, that to whom much is given, mm. much will be required. People who are who are Catholic and in the public eye mm. have a great responsibility to to uh, live their faith and to represent their faith. And when somebody, you know, like a Nancy Pelosi, who, you know, uh, absurdly goes out and says, oh, I'm Catholic and this doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, this does, my, the fact that I reject what the church teaches doesn't change the fact that I'm a good Catholic. You know, that, that's, that's a contradiction at its core. It's not just, it's not just you know, that she's an apostate. It's, it's you know, that she's, you know, saying something foolish. I mean, that's, uh, it's nonsense. That's what a contradiction is, uh, philosophically speaking. Uh, to, to say that a thing can be and not be in the same way at the same time is just nonsense. Amen. And I want to also give some more news. Archbishop um, Laurie who's in charge of the pro-life efforts for the Bishops' Conference, is coming out and telling us that President Biden is gravely wrong for vowing to legalize abortion at the federal level. He's criticizing Biden for pursuing abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. What I like about this, Matt, is we need to be formed as Catholics when we vote, okay? Amen. And I wish, I wish more of our leaders in our church— before any election, whether it's a midterm or a presidential election, form us with our Catholic mindset uh, when it comes to elections and not be worried to say, oh, well, hey, you know, we're crossing over the line for nonprofits to get into politics. Baloney! That, that line will not get you very far at our exit interview. I guarantee it. <laughs> it will not. Yeah. And, and so my point here is Catholics need to know that in two weeks to the day here— in California, we have a decision to make regarding Prop 1, and you probably saw it, Matt, when you mm-hmm. came into the church. We have a big banner outside our church uh, calling Prop 1 evil, and not, and you should not support it, which is what California is trying to codify abortion for all nine months. Mm-hmm. And so we need to stand up. You know, um, I, I'm happy to report, as long as we're on the good sure. side, that a similar banner is uh, strung in, up in front of the Christ Cathedral in Orange County. Awesome. Bishop, God bless the bishop uh, for that. Has put up a big sign to tell Catholics to vote no on Proposition 1. Awesome. Well, supporters of Virgin Most Powerful, that's some where your, some of your donation money went, and I'm <laughs> glad you uh, would agree with that. I Matt, well let, spent. Yeah, let's, because we got so much to talk about forgiveness. Let's get on to the gospel for today's reading at Mass, yes. because it really does uh, talk about salvation and uh, so important things that we should be addressing every day in our in our life about you know thinking of the four last things. So let's talk. Let's go ahead and have you read that gospel for us, please. All right. This is a gospel according to Luke. Mm-hmm. It's from Luke thirteen twenty two through thirty. Amen. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? He answered them. Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then you will stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. He will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, We ate and drank in your company, and you taught in our streets. Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. And there will be wailing 
and grinding of teeth, when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and the west, and from the north and the south, and will recline at table in the kingdom of God. For behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last." Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. uh, Jesse, Matt, before you give a commentary, Bishop Sheen just popped in my head when he Mm -hmm. said there's lots of surprises in heaven. And the big (laughs) surprise is that you're going to meet people there that you least expect that made it. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be also surprised not to see people you thought should have made it. But the biggest surprise is that you're there. (laughs) All right, let's give a little commentary on that gospel, Matt. You know, Terry, what would have happened mm-hmm. if our Lord— I mean, we, we live in a day and age, and, and more than 100 years in, in theology, people have floated this idea that uh, the great mass of the baptized will be saved. Yep. And some think that the, the great mass of humanity will mm-hmm. be saved. Some people think everybody will be saved. Universal salvation, we call that. But, you know, for, for the Christian— who's serious about the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. What did he say? He, he got asked that same question. Pretty important. You know, uh, and I, you know, you're going you're gonna to side with the theologian or you're going to side with our Lord. Who's our Lord. Enter through the narrow gate for, yeah, there, there's a broad way that leads to destruction. There's a narrow way that's difficult and hard and few there are that find it. And, you know, that's, that's our, you know, from the, from the lips of our good Lord himself. And I know that Jesus, you know, was not... Uh, above using hyperbole and every other, you know, tool of language sure. to make his point across. But it's pretty clear what point he's trying to make. Absolutely. Here. Well said, Matt. And I will also say that, um, you know, we talk about this universe. I think it's easier as a follower of Christ if you say, you know, you retake Jesus's words. But what happens is the world infects us, even inside the church, mm-hmm. to think that that wouldn't be very charitable to say someone's not going to go to heaven because of, you know, committing, you know, sins against the Ten Commandments. I mean, come on. You see how we rationalize that? Say, come on, God would forgive them. Sure, God forgives us of our sins, but we have to ask for forgiveness. And it just seems to me that the mentality that the world, who's influencing who, Matt? Is the world influencing the church more, or is the church influencing the world more? And unfortunately, I have to be honest right now, I see the world infecting theologians, priests, bishops, hierarchy of the church to think in terms of how man thinks rather than how God thinks. That's my take. Amen. I, oh, think, I think you're right on You're right on the money. Do we have time to do uh, oh, that? Right after we get back from the break, we're going to bring Fulton Sheen into the picture. All right, very good. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. Matt Arnold sitting in. We're going to be talking about the hidden power of forgiveness right after we put our full Sheen ahead clip on and i want to thank all of you who listen to virgin most powerful radio check us out by going to vmpr.org download our app if you're listening on the radio and you want to hear past shows all the shows are available through our app we'll be back with more stay with us family here on the virgin most powerful radio welcome back to the terry and jesse show To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Matt Arnold sitting in for Jess Romero. Matt has his own show on Wednesdays here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio right after the Terry and Jesse show. Matt, I'd like to bring the smartest guy into the room. 
right now. Full Sheen ahead. Here's what Bishop Sheen has to say. It's short and sweet, but it's really powerful. He says, God does not love us because we are valuable. What? Oh, what? No. We are valuable because God loves us. People think about this. If God stopped thinking about Terry Barber or Matt Arnold or any one of our listeners right now, you would cease to exist. See, our dignity comes not from my personality or my bald head. (laughs) It comes from the, the, that God loves me, that God gives me divine grace through baptism. I'm a child of God. And when we realize that, I'm convinced, Matt, that even when people disappoint you, and people will always disappoint you, Mm -hmm. but when you have that relationship with Jesus Christ and know that you are uh, an heir to the kingdom of God, it seems to me that you'll have an attitude of gratitude through life with that. That's my take. How about yours, Matt? Well, you know, uh, you said you used the word dignity, and and human beings, there is such a thing as human dignity, Mm -hmm. Uh, something I taught my children, that you respect everyone. Absolutely. Uh, not because of their opinions or, or you know, because of the uh, amount of money they make or any of those things, mm-hmm. but because we all of us have an innate human dignity because we are made in the image and likeness of God. You know, uh, he made him in his image and likeness, male and female. He created them. It, it applies to everybody. Yeah. And that image is the spiritual faculties that we have of intellect and will. Yeah. The fact that we can know and we can love. And that 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 is the the divine in us, right? That 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 sure. reflection of God that allows us to choose to love God. And there you've got I mean there's the meaning and purpose of life in a nutshell. Amen, brother. Very well said. Let's move on to our topic of the day, the hidden power of forgiveness. Now We know that uh, the Bible makes it very clear as followers of Christ. There's some difficult things that that are asking of us to do, and one of them is forgiveness for those who have wronged you. Um, You know, we are often fine with not trying to enact revenge, okay? You know, the Bible says don't act revenge. Okay, I can handle that. But forgiveness? Mm -hmm. Now now you're talking some tough things. Yeah, it usually makes it difficult when we have to do, when we have to forgive, and so I wanted to throw in some scripture verses and then let's talk about them and then tell some stories of how forgiveness has changed people's lives in a real positive way. Uh, I'll, I'll lead the story off with one that Matt came up with me when, um, when I was promoting uh, Lighthouse Catholic Media 10, 15 years ago. I was out in Tucson, Arizona giving a, a talk, some talks on evangelization and I had the kiosk, which was a stand with CDs, in the in the uh, back of the church, and on a Saturday evening vigil mass, a lady came up to me and she was she was you know, obviously distressed. She says, "I'm having a hard time forgiving my sister." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, let me let me see. Here's a CD by Deacon Bob McDonald mm-hmm. on the hidden power, the, the, the hidden power of forgiveness. Go ahead and listen to that CD. I think it'll help you a lot." Well. I didn't know she was going to listen to it for Saturday night, like when she got home. <laughs> she comes back Sunday, and she's a different person. I mean, like, she's totally joyful mm. and happy. I said, what, 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 what happened? She says, well, I listened to that CD. I called my sister. We talked for two and a half hours. I, I forgave her. We got, we're, we're just, you know, things just, I, I mean, I'm, I, I feel like I've got a thing off my, off my back. 
of unforgiveness is gone. I forgave her. We're, we're best of friends and things have just, you know, going well. Well, why do I bring this story up? It's because what happens, and, and this is just uh, something that the exorcists tell us, uh, and this is something that I got from the Diary 211. This was from Father Emerith, and he said that demons cling to unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. So um, the idea that when you don't forgive, you're opening yourself up to the demonic to getting into your own life. And so to me, that's a really good reason um, you know, because it gives them a foothold in your life with that unforgiveness. That's right. And so, I mean, it's a, an important aspect of being a follower of Christ because we're going to talk about some Bible verses showing us how Jesus forgave people and how the saints have forgiven people, and that it really does make a difference. Your thought about, Matt, the woman who came to church distraught, listens to a CD, she's converted but in the sense that she realizes that this forgiveness, the unforgiveness is eating her up because Deacon Bob McDonald, you've heard the recording. Sure. We've put out hundreds of thousands of these recordings. And if people want to get a recording of that, they can call Anthony and, the, and Trisha Pasteers by calling 877-526-215. Electronically, we'll, we'll send you a link to it because uh, it can change people's lives. And I know there's people right now listening going, well, yeah, you don't know my Uncle Jim. Oh, sure. I probably don't I, know him. Oh man, there, there's, <laughs> yeah, there, there's no one show is going to be able to accommodate all of this. There's lots of stuff to talk about. Sure. Uh, first thing I wanted to say, yeah, you know, uh, Deacon Deacon Doctor Bob McDonald, what a great man, what a oh, great yeah. uh, work he's done, mm-hmm. uh, especially in um, the areas of anger and forgiveness. Yes. Because those are things that he himself had to overcome. Oh, big time. And and so he comes from a very personal angle. Um, another. Uh, person who was uh, a mentor to me, so, but unlike uh, Deacon Bob, I've never met this person, uh, was uh, Father Al Lauer, the late Father Al Lauer. Oh, yeah. You know, Terry, um, I call myself a no-nonsense Catholic. I think so. Right, because Fair. because the, the word traditional just has too much baggage. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, there's so much polemics. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think a traditional Catholic is anyone that can say the act of faith and mean it, you know, yeah, whichever, well said. whichever mass you decide to go to. <clears throat> but um, you know, I like Scott Hahn, I kind of and Dan Burke, we've talked about this. I kind of consider myself a Trentacostal. You know, because <laughs> that's a good term. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, I'm I'm very much uh, a follower of the of the traditions and the, the letter of the law, you know, so to speak, regarding the church. But like the, the charismatics, I think the traditionalists they share something in that they have a, a a real appreciation, a lively appreciation for the supernatural. Yes. And for the indwelling uh of the Holy Trinity in the, the soul that is in the state of grace and how important that is. You know, oh, both yeah. of them, I think at the core, they're, they're, kind of, they're holiness movements. Yes. Of course, is what the Vatican II was all about. Yes. And what does all of this have to do with forgiveness? Well, Father Al uh, Lauer literally wrote the book on forgiveness. And, and I'm not kidding. He wrote mm-hmm. a book called The Book of Forgiveness. <laughs> yep. And it's because, and he's been quoted many, many times saying this, uh, he said, unforgiveness is the cause. Wow. And no much, pretty much anything that brought up. He said, when I was uh, a priest, first a priest, he said, I thought pr- probably 50% of every problem that somebody came to me with was because of unforgiveness. That's incredible. He said, after I'd been a priest for 10 years, I thought it was more like 75%. He said, after I was a priest for 20 years, I thought it was more like 90%. Wow. You know, uh, not not forgiving. Yeah, not only does it give the demons a foothold, but it it blocks 
uh, some of the grace that, that God wants to give you. Absolutely. And people, you know, I mean, I think one of the number one questions that people have is, what if I don't feel like forgiving? Yes. You know? Uh, and, and I think that was that lady, uh, you know, uh, that you were talking to. She didn't want to forgive her no, sister. No. She wanted to hang on right. to, to the bitterness and whatnot. And, but it's funny that, you know, we should, you know, if you pray for God to change your heart, I mean, I, I, and I have some personal stories I could tell you about that. You really have to do that. And, and really, Terry, every day, good Catholics, probably several times a day, if you're praying the rosary, if you're going right. to Mass, you're going to be saying the Lord's Prayer. Exactly. Again and again. And what, and what does it say? We say, uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, well that's not you making a deal with God that he's going to forgive you based no. on your standards. No. Right. Really, it's an appeal to be able to forgive like God forgives. Yes. Powerful. Powerful. I just say that's those are powerful things. Matt, I want to bring up a, a scripture verse uh, because uh, Matthew chapter 18, 21 to 22 says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and how, how often should I forgive him? Till seven times? No, Jesus said, no, seven times seven. So 70 times, 70 times. Uh, and that was from Matthew uh, chapter 18, 21 to 22. Uh, I just want to give this thought, and then I want to hear your thought, that the real issue is that many people often make excuses as why they need not to forgive. We justify it. Well, it's, it's, it's just it's X, Y, Z, stating the issue is too big, or God understands why I can't forgive that person. Ooh. However, many examples exist <laughs> in the Bible that show forgiveness in action, examples that prove no matter how big or small the transgression, you are still called to let it go. And uh, we have some biblical teachings on this that show from the saints and from our Lord himself that you just brought up the Our Father. Mm-hmm. My question to you is, how is it that we justify in our minds that we really shouldn't forgive somebody? What's your take on that? You know, um, there's, there's, there's several things. Okay. First off, Seventy times, seven times, right? In, 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 in Bible in Bible language, seven is the number of completeness. That's why Peter says, "Oh, as many as seven times." Right. And Jesus is like, "No, seven times, seventy times, seven times, right?" So that's four hundred ninety times. Which means if somebody sins against you that four hundred ninety first time, mm-hmm. all bets are off. Yep. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> seventy times seven means indefinitely. Exactly. You have to you have to forgive. It's not it's not an option. Christians forgive. And but what about you know what if the person, you know, had, has done something really terrible for me? I feel like um, there are sins committed against me that that I shouldn't have to forgive. But our Lord calls us to forgive all sins, no matter how egregious. Right. We never, but we don't have the occasion to forgive people for their character. Or for their motives, or for their—that's what Jesus is on about when he says, "Judge not." Those are the things that God judges. Right. We we forgive, and I think the thing that people are concerned about the most is that if I forgive, he'll think that I'm that I'm condoning his sin. Right. That that it that it, that it didn't matter. That it was justified. That's not true. And you know how you can prove it to yourself? Think about your own sins. Yep. Think about your own sins. Think about the sins that you have gone into confession and asked forgiveness for. Do you and ask yourself, did Jesus condone any of those sins? Yeah. Well, Matt, that that's what I was gonna leave you on. Is that do you want all your sins forgiven or only a certain amount of them? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> the point. <laughs> and so that's why it's so important that we forgive. And I know people have told me this over the years uh, that I've counseled different people. They the they feel so refreshed after they uh, make reconciliation with their wife, their brother, their relative, their friend. And they go, man, I, if I'd have known it was going to be this nice, I, I wouldn't have waited this long. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. grace builds on nature. That's right. So not only are you getting sanctifying grace by uh, your action, you have an actual grace there of saying, I'm going to forgive my brother. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about what the Bible has to say about forgiveness and how it benefits you, our listener. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Matt Arnold sitting in for Jess Romero. I'll say it. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, I'd be a billionaire. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Matt Arnold sitting in for Jess Romero. And we're talking about the hidden power of forgiveness. And Matt, uh, we've got some scripture verses, and I'm going to throw them at you. And then I want to also talk about some personal stories that each of us have regarding forgiveness. But one of them is from 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 to 10, uh, that it says, the Bible says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful, just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Well, again, this is just one verse of the Bible pointing out how forgiveness is is done. We have to ask for it. That's the other issue there. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Well, you know what? Uh, of course, that that's true. We need to, you know, you need to seek forgiveness mm-hmm. when you're talking about uh, seeking forgiveness from God. We, though, have been uh, instructed to forgive um, regardless of yeah. the situation, even that's even right. uh, in an ongoing situation. Yeah. Some people, times, people ask me that. You know, do I do I forgive a person if they're if they're continuing to hurt me? And I think that, you know, I think the answer to that, and I know you were going to bring up this scripture mm-hmm. verse, is uh, That's right. our good Lord on the cross. Exactly. Talk uh, about it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, that he forgave uh, his enemies while they were, you know, he was being crucified. Yeah. While, while, while they were uh, spitting at him and yes. blaspheming and hurling insults, mocking him, come down from the, the cross if you're the Christ. Yes. And, and all of that, that horrific scene. And, and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know, yep. uh, th- there's an old saying to to err is human, to forgive is divine. And that's really true. I think that uh, that when we pardon people, yes. it's we don't have the power to do it. No, but through the grace of the sacraments, through Christ, he gives us the power to forgive. Right. Because our forgiveness uh, is really a decision to accept God's grace to let the hurt go. Amen. Well said. Well said. Amen to that. Matt, I want to give an example of a person who I would say is probably one of the most powerful examples of forgiveness in scriptures. It's taken from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 7, verse 57 to 60, that we call about St. Stephen's last words. 
and everybody knows the story where they were beating him uh, and killing him. They were stoning him. Mm-hmm. And you can hear him say that it's recorded in Scripture that he says, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. And I have a hard time saying that if somebody was, you know, shooting me or beating me and to, to be able to, you know, forgive them while they're doing that to me, yeah. I would think would be uh, very difficult. Let's just be frank. Well, um, it is. There's yeah. no question. I mean, we are being called to forgive not only, you know, uh, across the board, but you're, you're meant to forgive your ASAP, right? Uh, immediately, if possible, as right. you know, as uh, Saint Stephen modeled that for us quite perfectly. But the thing is, when you refuse to forgive, when yeah. you withhold forgiveness, mm-hmm. you're not hurting the person that hurt you. This is an important point. You are hurting yourself. That's right. You, 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 you're, you're in a in a kind of a, a self-made jail. Yeah. Uh, you know, your spiritual life is at a standstill. Your relationship with God is affected if you can't forgive. Yes. And again, it's it's not a feeling, Terry. It's not an emotion. It's not it's not, oh, I now I just I, I have this great affection for this person who treated me so badly. No, that's not forgiveness. Right. It's an act of the will. Just like love, the theological virtue yep. of love is the act of the will. You choose. Amen. Yep. And forgiveness, like I said, it's a decision to accept God's grace to let the hurt go. Uh, St. John Paul II said that forgiveness is the restoration of freedom to yourself. Yeah. That uh, that it's the key that we hold in our own hands to our own prison cell. Wow. And, you know, he also forgave back in the 80s when that man tried to kill him. Mm -hmm. You knew I was going to bring this up. And that not only did he forgive the man, and you see the picture and the image of him crying. He's kneeling down. Like, wow, I'm, I didn't expect that. Uh, but what's, what's really fruitful is that the graces that that man received from the Pope brought him into the church. Talk about God bringing good out of evil. <laughs> exactly! Yeah, isn't that something? It's just, it's, you, you wouldn't believe it if, it, if you know, you, the, the evidence for it wasn't so abundant. Yeah. You know, it's almost impossible to, to believe a story like that. And yet there it is. And you know, um, Matt, many years ago, I'm what, 65 years old today, here, now? Sitting before you, I was what twenty years. Specifically, it's not your birthday, is it? No, no, no. But twenty <laughs> years ago, you're sixty-five years old currently. Currently, yes, currently. <laughs> I saw the last last time I looked at my birth certificate. But twenty, when I was twenty years old, I had to do something that seemed very difficult, and that was, uh, I had my brother's business who ended up having brain t- a tumor. He and when the company found out that my brother was dying. Uh, people left the company and just took things, and they basically were stealing from him because they knew he was down. And it was a, I was shocked that people would, you know, go that low. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, that, I guess that's what happens when they, one, one person in particular. I know. Oh yeah, one particular guy, the general manager, went into the account supposedly paying bills. He was able to get ten thousand dollars, which was a lot of money back in nineteen seventy six. Right. <laughs> and so. He stole it, and we, you know, we didn't see him, and he was gone. And so my brother dies from brain cancer, and um, I'm working uh, with um, a church group feeding the homeless in downtown L.A. We call it Skid Row. Mm-hmm. And who do I see down there a year later? The very man that stole $10,000 from my brother. 
And he looks at me, and I look at him, and I, it was pretty obvious. No, he, I, he wasn't there feeding the poor. The man, he had become dead. Oh, no. Yeah, I should that say time. that. He was one of the poor. He yeah. took the money, wow. lost it on whatever living he had. I don't know. He lost the money, obviously. He was down in Skid Row yeah. needing to be housed and, sh- and sheltered and, f- and fed. So when I saw him, uh, my reaction was to give him a big hug and say, I forgive you. Just, I forgive you. Because you could see he looked at me like he was like, oh, no. And it brought tears to him. Uh, he just, you know, was blown away that I would forgive him. And I said, as God forgives you, I forgive you, brother. I said, um, I'm, you know, I'm not going to, you know, this is, it's, it's, under, it's, it's under the water. In other words, under the bridge. It's done. Mm-hmm. And so here's some food to feed you right now. And um, I, I felt really good about it. I didn't know I would do that, to be honest with you. I wasn't sure. Right, yeah, you didn't know that guy was going to be there. No, I was blown away. Yeah. But to see the hidden power of forgiveness blessed me. I believe I received graces from that day of forgiving him in in the name of my brother who he abused by stealing that money. And it and it uh, it, it was invigorating, I think, for me because I could say, well, look, um, got the grace that God has given to me, living a sacramental life, I was able to correspond to that circumstance in a way that God would expect me to do. So I praised God for that day. Amen. You know, I think it's so it's so important to to talk about um, the peace that can come when you forgive people. Even, you know, sometimes the person you need to forgive, maybe you were in a, a, an abusive situation as a child. Yes. And the person that was responsible is is gone. Right. But that forgiveness still needs to happen. You still need to be able to to let it go. Right. And you're, like I say, you're not justifying what was done. You're not doing it. You're, you're, you're um, freeing yourself. Right. From all of the, the, the really bad uh, um consequences of, of holding on to unforgiveness. And that's the thing. I think we need to understand what forgiveness isn't right? to understand what it is because it's we have false ideas. You know, it's not about ignoring or justifying or minimizing or excusing the wrong that's been done to you. Um, and the truth is, the, mo- the more we forgive the sinner, the more we hate the sin. Yes. But but forgiveness doesn't mean being a doormat. I mean, no. there are plenty of people that, you know, they, they think... You know, they don't think they need our forgiveness, and they don't want it. Right. You know, and so you're not necessarily going to be able to have that moment where you say, I forgive you, uh, because a person would just throw it back in your face. Yes. Right? Uh, um, you know, you don't, I, you don't need to forgive me. I, I should forgive you. I, don't, I haven't done anything to be forgiven for, you know? Right. And so forgiveness doesn't mean setting yourself up for more abuse. So right. sometimes prudence dictates that, you know, that you would uh, stay away from somebody who's abusive or dangerous especially you know, for your sake or, you know, the, the family or, or whatever. But the forgiveness still needs to, needs to happen. Yes. You know, even if it's somebody that you cannot or, or should not be in contact with. And, you know, there's another element, right, that comes into forgiveness that is a Catholic position. I mean, other Christians, they say forgiveness. But we also can make reparation and yes. atonement by that forgiveness and by praying for that person. So one of the things I would like to bring up when we come back from the break, Matt, is tying this into the Holy Rosary. Mm. And because of the prayers that are prayed in the, in, the, in the mysteries of the Rosary, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be, that this would be, a, uh, I'd say, an action item for us in our forgiveness to be praying the Rosary for those who have injured us and making visits to the Blessed Sacrament, offering 
masses. See, this is where we can go way over anyone else as a Catholic. Anybody can forgive somebody. But what we can—go ahead, Matt. You're. Well, I was going to say, yeah, we have. We have. I was just going to say we have this immense deposit of graces at, exactly. our, at our disposal. That's and that's what we're going to talk about when we come back on the Terry and Jesse show. Matt Arnold, Matt, tell us about your Wednesday show in about a minute and a half. I want to make sure you get a plug on that. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, starts right after this program ends. If you're uh, listening on the app or. Uh, um, and if you're listening on radio or whatever, I support your local station. But if you want to uh, uh, listen to my program, understand that you can get the Virgin Most Powerful app or visit vmpr.org and listen any time of the day or night. Okay, because they are podcast and archived there. Uh, today, though, I'm gonna I am going to do uh, my yearly debunking of some of the myths and misconceptions surrounding the celebration of All Hallows Eve. Oh, that's, gonna that's be coming great. up. Uh, on a uh, related topic, going to do a little uh, apologetics, a little Catholic kryptonite segment on uh, prayer to the saints. Uh, also, uh, Father Peter Stravinskis wrote a really interesting article about the U.S. bishops' campaign to promote a Eucharistic revival. So all that and more on No Nonsense Catholic right after the Terry and Jesse show. There you go. <laughs> so stay tuned and go to vmpr.org. Like Matt said, download that app. So you can get all of our shows, not just the Matt Arnold show, Terry, the Terry and Jesse, but the whole sling of what we have online. When we come back, we're going to have a Catholic view of forgiveness and also how we can pray and what do we have at our disposal for that. Stay with us, family, here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Matt Arnold sitting in for Jess Romero. He's got a show coming up in 15 minutes right after the Terry and Jesse show. You won't want to miss, especially regarding Halloween, all, uh, Halloween Eve, and what's going on with that in the Catholic perspective. I know Jesse did something Monday when I was out, but I think Matt is going to have some more information that I think is going to be very important. So you might want to st- stay on the air by getting our app after the show. Matt, this is a situation that comes up. We talk about the hidden power of forgiveness. But what happens when you forgive your sister, your brother, your husband, your friend, and they don't accept the forgiveness? Hmm. How do you deal with it? And I throw it to you first. Well, uh, you know, we, we're, we're called upon to forgive. And we were just talking in the last segment. What about a person says, oh, I don't need your forgiveness. Right. That, that you do it anyway. It's, the word is forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And literally that means to give sure. before. So what forgiveness is, is giving pardon before you're asked for forgiveness or even if you're never asked for forgiveness. That, that's what the word means. Yes. You know, so, yeah, there, the, the, the other thing is that as Catholics, as we were talking about earlier, yes. we have a great deposit of, right. of graces that we can apply to the situation. And there are things that we can do. Big time. We can use it as as a launching pad yes. for uh, some very important spiritual work, per, uh, specifically the work of, of reparation. Yes. You know? Yes. And atonement. And think about this. Let's say, for example, let's just give an example. You you want to forgive somebody, but they're like telling you, I don't want to hear anything from you. You get out of my life. Then what the approach I've been giving people, Matt, and this has happened many times with people have asked me that. I said, well, have masses offered for your friend. Mm-hmm. Have your ro- Start offering your rosary, your visits to the Blessed Sacrament, uh, making atonement 
for him and trying to give him the graces. Because if you think about it, this is very biblical what we're doing. And that is we're praying for someone who's not living a life according to God's commandments. Right. And Our Lady of Fatima talked about this. She said that souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. So here's my point. You, you could have two approaches. You could say, well, he didn't accept my apology. I'm done. I got my end. I, I forgave him. Mm-hmm. No, we got to go the extra mile. We want to see the person who was unforgiving in heaven. And how do we do that? Reparation, atonement, by praying for that person's conversion. I mean, Matt, I even, on a daily basis, I am praying for people who are Catholic by baptism but are not acting like mm-hmm. Catholic, mm-hmm. President Biden, mm-hmm. Pelosi, I pray for their conversion. And I'll tell you why. They're both in their 80s, okay? Yeah, uh, that exit interview is looming a lot. Yeah, and, and they are baptized Catholic, okay? Now, they're not practicing their Catholic faith, whether they think they are or not. They're not, because like we talked about, they, they've deviated from moral teachings of the church, so they're living objectively against the commandments. Mm-hmm. That's just how it works. Right. Now, how do we bring those people back into the fold? Yes, by our example, but I really think there's uh, what we call graces that they, those people need to return back to Christ and his church. And many times they're not going to be, uh, there's not going to be there unless someone else pays for that. And mm-hmm. that's where reparation and atonement come in. Two things. First off, that what you're talking about is true love. Yes. That's the theological virtue of love. I want to see them in but heaven. Saint what Thomas you said. says, "Yep." And and that's will the good of the other. That's it. And and the ultimate good is uh, eternity with God. Yes. Obviously. Yes. So so that's one thing. But I was also I was reminded of a story. Yeah, oh, I love him. Um, about uh, Saint John Vianney. You know, Saint John Vianney, very simple, very humble priest, the curé of ours. Yep. He's very famous. Um, apparently. He became so famous as a confessor, you know, he'd spend, you know, all day in a confessional. Yeah. And some very great sinners yeah. started showing up Good. to confess to John Vianney. But, uh, you know, word kind of got out that he was giving them very light penances, these people <laughs> that had committed very great sins. Yeah. And some of uh, his detractors went to the bishop oh my God. And, and told him about it. And, and the bishop called St. John Vianney and <laughs> said, well, I understand that you've, that you've been uh, hearing the confessions of these great sinners. And, and giving them these light penances, you know, can you explain yourself? And he says, I know they're not strong enough to do the penance, so I do it for them. Wow, what a great story to end <laughs> on. Right? That is, that's, that's the saints for you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's the forgiveness. They, you know, that, that they got God's forgiveness, but they're not strong enough to make the reparation. And so he was doing it on their, on their behalf. Incredible. You know, Matt, that story brings back other stories in my mind. I'm just getting flooded with many stories where priests have actually shared this with me when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it really connected that, that, and this is the story, I went to confession, and the priest said to me, part of your penance is to pray for a soul halfway around the world in India who needs graces to say yes to Jesus Christ right now. Would you offer uh, our Father a Hail Mary and a Glory Be? Now, I was uh-huh. a teenager when I heard that, but that's when the mystical body of Christ really became real to me because I realized my prayers halfway around the world could affect somebody who needed actual, we call it actual grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was part of you know, paying that price for that soul.
you know, forgiveness and evangelization are very closely connected. Yes, they are. Uh, uh, Father Al, again, I just uh, have to do one more thing from uh, sure. Father Lauer. You said that, you know, he was he was doing evangelization. He'd been working on it for 10, 20, 10 years or more mm-hmm. uh, and, and getting varied results, you know, trying different approaches. Sure. And then he finally started, um, uh, people would come to him to learn about evangelization and he would begin with forgiveness. Oh, that's beautiful. And he said, and that spurred, he said, more people were willing to share their faith after they had been unburdened of their unforgiveness than any other, you know, no matter how much he taught them about the faith or how much he taught them about the, the necessity of evangelization, it was getting them to forgive people that, uh, that gave them the grace to want to share their faith. Matt, I have been promoting Dr. Anthony Duke. He's a psychiatrist. We've had him on the show last month, and I've talked to many other um, counselors and uh, one of the biggest things that they tell me that they need to, with helping people in counseling, is the need to forgive people who have hurt them in their life. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the middle of counseling a couple people right now that can't afford to go to counseling, and so they go to me because the price is right. It's free. <laughs> and so so I, I tell her the same thing. I said, who have you, is there someone in your life? This is one of the questions I ask people when they come to me and they're, they're, they're kind of, you know, having issues with uh, their own spiritual life and they're having even issues with um, what they would consider, they played with the Ouija board or whatever, you know, to, to, the, into the demonic stuff. And uh, the one question I ask them, like, is there anybody in your life that right now that you haven't forgiven? Mm-hmm. And usually, almost 100% of the time, they say, oh yeah, it's, it's X, Y, Z, or, you know, it's this person. And I said, well, you know, for your healing process, you need to be able to forgive because I'm not going to be able to help you. Yeah. One, one uh, if I can give a, a, parting, a parting shot, my parting shot for today. Sure. Catholics, we, we are a people of the law of love. Amen. Love of God and love of neighbor, right? That the yes. great commandments. That's, that's the whole law and the prophets in a nutshell, according to our good Lord. And we... Since he gave us as a standard for loving our neighbor, he said to love your neighbor as yourself. And that, Terry, you talk about counseling and so forth. Yeah. That tells us that there is such a thing as a properly ordered self-love. That's right. That you have to be able to love yourself. And while the Bible doesn't really talk much about forgiving ourselves, that that love love of neighbor and love of God tells us that if there is such a thing as a properly ordered self-love— that the person you may need to forgive most is yourself. <laughs> Isn't that true? Oh man, that that's that's what we is this microphone on? Would you repeat that? <laughs> no, that yeah, yeah. The person you may need yeah. to forgive most is is you. Yeah. You know, how many people go go they go to confession and they receive forgiveness and yeah. yet they hang on to uh, you know, feeling bad about their uh, about their faults or about the, the, the temptations. It's like, no, you got to, you know, it's God forgives and forgets. That's right. You know, and, and we don't forget, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to say we don't forget, but if you've really forgiven that you don't feel the sting. That's right. You know, when, when you call it to mind, it doesn't hurt you anymore. Absolutely. And that's, the, and that's the hidden power of forgiveness. And if you want to get that CD by Deacon Bob McDonald, the hidden power of forgiveness, like I said, when, We've distributed hundreds of thousands of these in thousands of Catholic churches through Lighthouse. I still have the right to that, so I can give it to you. If you want to make a donation, you're welcome to do that. Call 
5262151 and i hope that this show touched you as much as it touched me i love doing topics that are really important for holiness because you know this is what the church is all about canon law says all of the canons have one focus and that is for the salvation of souls mm-hmm. so why are we talking about forgiveness because forgiveness is called it's essential to get to heaven we've got to be able to forgive ourselves our brothers and our sisters because let's think about that we're asking jesus christ at our exit interview to forgive us matt i want to give one more plug about your show because it's coming on in a couple minutes <clears throat> share with us what you're going to do okay going to be uh, again going to be uh, and those of you that know my conversion testimony you know that i was involved in in uh, beliefs and practices that would be called occult or new age. Mm -hmm. So I have a certain amount of personal insight into this. But we're going to be talking about some of the myths, some of the misconceptions uh, about the celebration of All Hallows' Eve, which is as Catholic as the Rosary. Yes. Right? Uh, Also, on a related topic, I'm going to do a a Catholic kryptonite segment on prayer to the saints, because that's a real sticking point with a lot of our separated brethren. And it's important to be able to demonstrate from the Holy Scriptures that uh, that um, this kind of prayer is uh, a, a good thing. And also, <clears throat> I've been mentioning the last couple of weeks about the bishops' campaign for a Eucharistic revival. They got a three-year uh, campaign going, the, the United States Catholic bishops, precisely because uh, of that statistic that you hear, that something like 70% of Catholics don't believe or, or understand the Church's teaching about the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And uh, Father Peter Stravinskis, uh, a great friend of mm-hmm. the apostolate for, for many years, uh, wrote an article on that just the other day, and I want to share some of his insights uh, as well as mine. So all that and more on No Nonsense Catholic. Stay tuned. It's coming up after a quick break. Go to vmpr.org. Remember to ask Jesus Christ for more faith every day because some people are going to say, I have a hard time forgiving. Ask for more faith because the more faith you have, the easier it is to forgive. Matt, if you were Jesse sitting over there, I'd say, Jesse Romero, what state should we be living in? And he would say, that would be the state of grace, Terry. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Don't even slow your car down in that neighborhood. <laughs> He's got that. I think he listens to the show. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Jesse will be back tomorrow. I want to thank you for taking the time. I, I'm going to tell you, folks, you want to hear a, a great show. Stay with us here at VMPR. Matt Arnold will start. will do this show every Wednesday here. And check it out here on Virgin most powerful radio. May God richly bless you. And don't forget our lady said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Let's pray for each other and pray to end abortion in America. May God richly bless you and your family.